Welcome to our live experience, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngui. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of our live Bible church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal teaches the word of God with accuracy and power, always leaving his audience empowered, challenged, and ready for change. As you listen, get ready to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's join the message already in progress. Neutralizing curses. So this morning, we are moving to part two. You see, I really trust God. I'm trusting God that you will discover the importance of these teachings for your personal life. By the way, my father in the ministry, Bishop Dark, also has a book entitled How to Neutralize Curses. You really need to take time and read that book. That book has helped me a lot. How to Neutralize Curses. Praise the Lord. So I borrow a lot from that book as well as I'm teaching you. Praise the Lord. Now, curses are a part of our lives. It's just that most people are not aware of their existence. That's why curses destroy their lives. And, you know, when they go to look for help, they just go and increase more curses because they do not know how to break them. I would like to announce to you something this morning. You don't need a prophet to tell you if there is a curse in your family. There is a curse in your family. Don't even, don't even think twice. Don't even try. You see, it's safer for you to admit that there is a curse. Then you can be in the position where you can look for help. Listen to me. I'm saying to you, there are curses, not even one, there are curses in your family. I do not know whether I'm the first person to tell you this, but I think it's important that I mention that to you so you understand what we are busy here with. No matter how your life looks right now, there are cases. There are. There are. And the purpose of this training, the purpose of this series, is to help you discover the keys that will help you to neutralize those cases. Do not wait until you become a victim of these cases to the degree where it becomes too late to neutralize them. Even if you neutralize them, you know, the impact will not be felt much. Start now. Become aware of this reality now. You don't need somebody, a, a Sangoma, to come and tell you somebody. No, look, you don't even need to hear that there is a witch, a wizard. Even if there is no witch or no wizard in your family, I'm not telling you there are cases in your family. There are. And they are working. And they are destroying people's lives, including yours. Yes. So, but by God's grace, we're going to neutralize them. Amen. Hallelujah. Last Sunday, I took you through the five steps that lead to a curse being neutralized. And I want you to come there with me again. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 19 to 24. The Bible says, Then the men of the city said to Elisha, Please notice, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees. But the water is bad, and the ground is barren. And he said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the source of the water. I don't want to repeat myself. I have amplified each one of these points last week. If you didn't listen last week, please go on CastBox, go on YouTube. The message is there. It will bless your life. Hallelujah. Say, then he went out to the source of the water and cast in the salt there and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it there shall be no more death or barrenness 
Oh, I hear the Lord saying some, to somebody this morning, I have healed your waters. There shall be no more death. There shall be no more barrenness. Hallelujah. And you see, there was a serious situation in the land, a practical problem with practical results. And it was neutralized with spiritual intelligence, spiritual techniques. These people always had salt. Are you aware of that? I mean, uh, Elisha did not invent that salt. He even asked them to bring it. It means it was in their house. They bought. They brought it to him. Can I tell you something? Most of what you need to neutralize the curses is already with you. It's just that you don't know the true and, and that you, you, you might not value what you already have. You might not think it can do such a way. I'm sure these guys will have salt, but they will not think there's something in it. There's a ball there. Don't, and that's how, like I shared the salt of salvation. You, ha, you have salvation, but you have never thought that something in salvation can neutralize curses in your life. So you have it every day. You even think it's nothing. Just like those people thought that salt is nothing. Please understand, Elijah didn't bring anything from heaven. He used what they had. What was already there. So you'll be surprised that as I take you through these salts, it's not really something that you've never heard before. It's just your value of it. How you value it and what you believe about it. That's, that's where the whole key is. It's our whole case. It's not that maybe pastor is going to now do some serious revelation. No. He asked them for salt that they had. He asked them for a ball that they had. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's all. And he just spoke the word of the Lord over the whole thing. And the beautiful thing is, so the water remain healed to this day. Whatever the Lord does shall be permanent. According to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. Can I tell you something? You will do well to believe the words of the prophet God has given you. You will do well. As I will think, one of the salt will be the salt of your prophet. Understanding that God will send a person your way. And it will be up to you to believe or to question. You can be there forever. Let us not go ahead of ourselves. The Bible says, as, the, as which he has spoke. Now, look at the, the funny thing. So, he has used the blessing to heal the waters. But look at what happened next. This is why I stopped last week. I just want to go a bit further now. Then he went up from there to Bethel. And as he was going up the road, listen carefully. Some youth came from the city and mocked him. Elisha, that just did this powerful miracle. He's now going to Bethel. And some young people came out of nowhere and they started mocking him. And they said to him, go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. So he turned around and looked at them and he pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled or killed 42 of them. Tell your neighbor, be careful who you mock. It is not everybody you mock that will go free. Do you understand? And this is why I always tell you people, do not speak against men of God. Never, listen to me, listen this secret today. Never open your mouth to say anything against a man of God. Every time you do, even if you think the man of God is in the wrong place, it's not, are you the one who called him? Are you the one who brought him where he is? Leave it to the person who called him. Curses are on people. Even as I'm teaching this morning, some of us are, are having curses on us. Some female bears have been released and they are busy chowing everything you're trying to do simply because you spoke against the anointing of the Lord. 
42 of them in one day were killed. 42. So Elisha on one side brought healing. On the other side, he brought death. Are you with me? Now, it's interesting. Elisha did not own any bears. That is nowhere in scripture. That Elisha was, and you know, some people own dogs. If you attack them, the dog can attack you. There's no way that Elijah didn't own these bears. But listen carefully. He pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. After pronouncing a curse on them, he continued his way. Then two female bears came from the bush and attacked the boys. This is exactly the essence of a curse. If you understand it, just like I'm trying to teach you how to, you know, neutralize curses, but it's important that you understand what is a curse. What actually and exactly is a curse? Number one, a curse is an appeal to a higher power to inflict evil on another person. It's an appeal. So Elisha made an appeal because he pronounced a curse in the name of the Lord. He made an appeal to a higher power called God at that particular time because he's a man of God. He has a bolded head and he did not, he did not go to, to, to apply for it. It came. And these young boys lacked respect. So he appealed. He knew he cannot fight them. He's an old man. He made an appeal. Be careful when we are moving around. You may be surprised. People are making appeals. People are making appeals all the time. And this is how cases start working because when the appeal is made, it's like nothing happened. Somebody just spoke and he continued working. But unknown to you, that appeal has released some soldiers. Elisha made an appeal and that appeal needed to be answered. Can I tell you something? If the bears they were not available, snakes were going to be available. I mean, all, all the animals that were around, or a tree was just going to fall on them. Anything was going to happen to them. So don't look at the bears like the bears. Bear. No, 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 no. It's just that they are the ones that were available at that time to come and do the job. What is a curse? A curse is a wish that some evil will befall another person. That's a curse. When somebody is wishing you evil, he's cursing you. Maybe you don't know. Joshua chapter 6 verse 26. At that time, Joshua invoked this curse. Joshua also invoked a curse. May the curse of the Lord fall on anyone who tries to rebuild the town of Jericho. That was the curse. May the curse of the Lord fall on anyone who tries to rebuild the town of Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundation. At the cost of his youngest son, he will set up its gate. Joshua, after, you remember Joshua is the one who brought Jericho down. After he suffered to bring Jericho down, he then said, nobody must build Jericho again. If you build Jericho, you build Jericho at the cost of your firstborn and your youngest born. Then that was an evil that was just looming over Jericho. Amazingly, in 2 Kings chapter 16, verse 34, in Ahab's time, Hiel of Bethel decided to rebuild Jericho. And the Bible says, he laid its foundation at the cost of his first son, Abiram. And he set up its gates at the cost of his youngest son, Segub, in accordance with the word of the Lord spoken by Joshua, son of Nun. Please understand that this is years after Joshua is dead. 
A wish that an evil will befall somebody. That wish can be there for a thousand years. Just waiting for you to do what it wants you to do. Then it starts working. That is how cases are. And that's why I'm trying to tell you that in your family, hello, there are cases. Maybe you didn't know, but I'm not telling you that there are wishes that have been placed there. There are cases that have been said over your family. There are things that your people did that aren't activated cases. Number three, to be cursed is to have everything working against you all the time. Everything is working against you all the time. That is what it means to be cursed. When God told Adam, tons and twistles it shall bring to you. God was telling him, look, wherever you go, the tons will come. They will never invite themselves. You don't need to invite them. They will come. Everything is working against you. Like you are trying to move forward, but everything on the way wants to stop you. There's a curse. There's a curse at work. Number four, to be cursed is to sweat, struggle, and suffer continually. It's okay to suffer once in a while, but forever, every time, no. Let me, I mean, one of the trademark of the curse is that it is continuous. Yeah. It keeps coming. Number five, to be cursed is to be continually frustrated and to receive the opposite of what you've worked hard for. That's the curse. Now, it keeps reversing your hard work. When you finish, it reverses it. You are expecting this, it reverses it. That is the curse that was pronounced upon Cain. Listen to the curse of Cain. Genesis 4, verse 11 to 12. So now you are cursed from the earth. That is God speaking to Cain. You are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. That's the curse pronounced over Cain. When you work, the work will not bring the results that you work for. May every work you do produce maximally in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says whatever he does shall prosper. You see how the blessing is? And that's that with blessed is the man who works in the ways of the Lord. And then whatever he does. So you see that a cursed person, whatever he does, fails. Six, to be cursed is to never be established. To keep moving from place to place, from person to person. It's a curse. It's a curse when you you can never be in one place and build something from there. Just when you're about to start building something, you have a crazy idea and you shift. Just when something is taking shape, you have another idea and you abandon this one. It's a, it's a curse. It makes you to never establish anything. And you end up with nothing. Just before your promotion, you resign and you go start another job somewhere. And you start from scratch. Just when the girl was about to say yes and her parents are full of money and they could have helped you. Then you decide that no, 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 you don't love her anymore. And you cannot even explain why you stop loving her. To never be established. You can never have a house. These people rent till they die. They can never say, this is my wife. No, it's girlfriend after girlfriend after girlfriend after girlfriend after girlfriend. It's a curse. You can never, it comes to make sure you are never established. That's also the curse of Cain. Listen carefully. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. A fugitive. You know what is a fugitive? A fugitive is somebody who does not have a place where he stays. He's always on the run. So the case of Cain was that he will be a fugitive and a vagabond all the days of his life. Some people are heavily under this case. 
Today they are in Japan. Next week they are in Germany. And then they are in South Africa. Then they are, and they are feeling that they are doing something good with themselves. But unknown to them, they are fugitives. They are vagabonds. They are under the curse of Cain. I set you free today from the curse of Cain in the name of Jesus Christ. Number seven, to be cursed is to always be at the lowest level everywhere. Doesn't matter who you work for, you're always low. Doesn't matter the, the city you move to. For some reasons, you're always low. Doesn't matter any group you enter, you're always low. You are never in charge. You are never leading anybody. You are never making decisions. You are always at the end where you are told what to do. There's a case. Some people are always low. Everywhere they go. That's the case of him. Genesis 9 verse 25. And he said, Curse be Canaan. A servant of servants. He shall be to his brethren. A servant of servants. He will never rise to prominence. He will never rise to leadership positions. He will be a servant. May God release anybody under the sound of my voice. That has been crushed to the ground by this curse. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lastly, to be cursed is to always end up with the same results. Can I tell you something? That is actually the essence of a curse. You will work so hard. But when it's air and done, you get the same result. You will change cities. But when it's air and done, you get the same result. You will start a new relationship. When it's said and done, the same result. You will go and do another course. When it's said and done, the same result. That's the curse. It takes you to the same point. The same point. Oh yes. Curse shall you be when you come in. And curse shall you be when you go out. You are surrounded. You are surrounded. Doesn't matter how you try, you try to dribble. No, 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 no. no. When you are done, you'll be surprised. It's the same conclusion. It's the same conclusion. Do you understand? When I'm saying to you that there are cases in your family, I hope with the little definition I've given, you can see for yourself that by all means, there's got to be something moving in this family. And the interesting thing is, curses do not respect your salvation as you are thinking, except if you understand what is salvation. Except if you see salvation the way I told you last week. And I pray that you listen to that message again with the eyes to see salvation-breaking curses. Many born again Christians are cursed. Or shall I say are under curses. For free. You could be one of them as you are watching me right now. You could be under heavy curses. As nicely dressed as you are. But sometimes you ask yourself what's going on. How many of you sometimes you've asked yourself what's going on? What's going on? You've asked yourself that question. It's a good question to ask yourself. But sometimes you don't even know what is the answer. I came to give you the answer. Cases are going on. Cases are going on. And you better start respecting cases. Because one thing I have noticed with believers, believers respect the devil. Believers respect demons. Believers respect witch and wizards. But believers have no respect for cases. They don't even know anything about cases. But it's a total different thing that is in the system. The case is not the devil. God did not say from today, the soil, Satan, enter the soil. No, he said a curse is coming on the soil. And he spoke to to the devil at a later stage. He also cursed him. So how do you neutralize curses? That's my subject this month. For you to bear much fruit, you must learn how to deal with curses. 
You must learn how to deal with unseen forces that are actually fighting you, that are resisting you, that are frustrating you, that are ensuring that you don't make progress. And you are there trying to push left and right and you can't understand what is going on. I'm telling you what is going on. If you can respect cases and you learn how to neutralize them, you'll be surprised how your life is going to start shooting. You'll be surprised. So last week I gave you the salt of, why am I calling it salt? Because the man of God that neutralized the curse, he used salt. And salt is made of many grains. Like I told you, it's not just one grain. It's a lot of small, small grains that make salt. Are you listening to me? So the first salt we saw last week was the salt of salvation. Therefore, if, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What I would like to remind you this morning is that, you see, when I'm talking about salvation, what I mean to say is that you have made Jesus your Savior, yes, but making him your Savior does not really break all the curses. It's making him your Lord. When he becomes both your Lord and your Savior, Meaning, you are no more living according to your rules. You are beginning to follow his instructions. The Lord is my shepherd. Look at the result. I shall not want. He is my Lord. He is my shepherd. Not just that I went to church and I I, I prayed a sinner's prayer. I can't understand why there are still curses in my life. That is, he's your savior. But has he become your Lord? Is he your Lord? Is he in charge of your life? A Lord means owner, landlord, owner of the land. So if you say Jesus is my Lord, means Jesus owns me. And Jesus cannot own you when you are broke. Remember, the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He will never take charge where you didn't give him charge. Never. So a lot of Christians live in disobedience. A lot of Christians live according to their own laws. They don't follow the word of God. They don't follow God's instructions. And they wonder why cases are prevailing against them. We need to change, people of God. It's part of breaking carnality and stepping into spirituality. You cannot break these curses if you are living in disobedience. As a matter of fact, disobedience is the, is the doorway to curses. Every curse is starting with disobedience. When Eve disobeyed God, she released a curse. In the book of Genesis, uh, Deuteronomy 28, the Bible says, If you do not obey the Lord your God and follow his commandment, which I'm giving you this day, these curses shall overtake you. Curses are activated with disobedience and blessings are activated with obedience. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God and follow his instructions, these blessings shall come upon you. So you understand why even if you are born again, if you are living in disobedience, curses will have a hold on you. Because they are activated with disobedience. Quickly this morning, number two, the salt of light. The salt of light. What do I mean by light? Light is the combination of four things. Number one, wisdom. Number two, knowledge. Number three, understanding. Number four, revelation. It is the combination of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and revelation that produces light. And when the salt of light is in your life, curses will be broken. Are you listening to me? Arise, shine. Why? Your light has come. You can never rise, not to talk of shining, if there's no light. There must be light. And 
Not just light. Your light. Custom made for you. The one you find out. That's why I say revelation. There must be a dimension of revelation. Something God has shown you. Has shown you I mean to say. Remember when God asked. Jesus asked the disciples. Who do men say that I am? Remember that. And then they say some say you are John the Baptist. And then say who do you say that I am? And Peter said. Thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. Listen to the answer of Jesus. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father who is in heaven. Look, next thing, promotion. And I say to you, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. All of that was based on the revelation that you are the son of the living God. And it's like, you've had a revelation. And because you've had the revelation, you've changed your position. You've risen. This is how Peter became the leader of the church because he had a revelation. Can I tell you something? Every time you have a revelation, you will rise above your peers. You will rise above those that are with you. Revelation. Arise, shine. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved. It's that salvation, this, the, the light of salvation. And look at the next. And come to the knowledge of the truth. After salvation, the next important thing in your life is truth. Knowledge of truth. The desire of all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. If you don't gravitate to the knowledge of truth, you will be a victim of curses. After salvation, you need to move to the knowledge of truth. And that makes sense because in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, he says, my people are destroyed. Why? Lack of knowledge. Isaiah 5, verse 13, therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. He keeps saying, my people, my people, my people, my people. They are his people, but they have gone into captivity of curses. They are his people, but they are being destroyed by curses. And you know what? They don't know much. Oh, when I discovered these scriptures in First Timothy, I said, wow. Salvation is not enough. After salvation, everybody that gets saved where you are, you must fight to get them to the knowledge of the truth. Not just knowledge. Knowledge of the truth. Why? Because in John 8, 31 to 32, you know the scripture? Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him. So these are believers. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciple. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. They were already believers. But he's telling them, look, you have to remain in the word. If you remain in the word, the truth will come to you. And it is only the knowledge of the truth that will set you free. So for you to sit in the church and to come every Sunday, sing songs and, and listen to a preacher preach and, and you think that is all. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I, don't, I don't think you will make you be free of certain things. You need to move to knowledge. That's the light. Your light must come. Your light must come. Your light must come. And for your light to come, you need to take yourself to knowledge, my friend. He told the disciples, if you abide, the King James of Jesus says, if you continue, if you continue in my word, if you continue in my word. You know, I'm beginning to understand why curses are prevailing on a lot of believers' lives. First of all, they live in disobedience and a lot of them don't continue in the word. They don't seek knowledge of the word. So they remain bound. By the grace of the Lord, we will seek the wisdom of God 
we will walk in the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. I pray that God will create in your heart a fresh desire to want to know his word, to seek revelation. And one day, you will be promoted into a higher dimension in the spirit. Don't tell me you don't know the Bible. If you know how to read English and you have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will teach you. He will teach you. The Bible says he will lead us, he will guide us into all truth. The Holy Ghost doesn't just give you knowledge, he gives you truth. And you need truth to be set free. You need truth. Can I tell you something? Anybody listening to me this morning, and you are not into books, you are not into Bible, you are not into podcast, you are not into a cast box. Oh, you are a free lunch for cases. You are buffet for cases. No, me, pastor, me, I don't, I, I come to church on Sunday. Oh, cases like such people. They don't know much. They go about in darkness. They are, among, they are the people, God says, my people are what? Destroyed. My people are destroyed. They don't want to learn. They are too lazy to learn. They are too lazy to listen to messages. They are too lazy to open a book and read it. How do you think I know the things I know? Do you think that I was born with this knowledge? No. You see, the more you signal, you become very powerful. The more you know, the more powerful you become. My Bible says that a man of knowledge increases in strength. Proverbs says that wisdom will make your face shine. (laughs) Salt number three, the salt of the anointing, the Holy Spirit. After you get born again, after you start going for the truth, the major thing you need is the Holy Ghost. The anointing. Without it, you'll be very normal. And I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is the introduction to power. Speaking in tongues is initiation. You see, when you go to initiation school, the, the, the first step they give you, that is what speaking in tongues is for. The initiation school of power in the kingdom of God. Speaking in tongues is initiation. Unfortunately, many people remain at initiation level. They never gravitate to higher dimensions. Speaking in tongues will always be important for your life. But you have to know, the Holy Ghost has higher dimensions. His real power is deeper than just speaking in tongues. When you start encountering the power of the Holy Ghost, it's no more Holy Spirit. It's become anointing. It becomes anointing when now you are encountering power. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Isaiah 10 verse 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulders. You see, somebody has placed a burden on your shoulders. And his yoke from your neck. You are carrying somebody's yoke every day. Every, it's not your burden, it's not your yoke, but you are carrying it. What a wickedness. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Would you agree with me that cases are yokes? I'm asking you, would you agree that cases are yokes? Cases are yokes. These yokes respond only to the anointing. That's why they can stay there for a long. You can speak in tongues. You can even sing songs. Excuse me. You can sing songs. You can do a lot of nice things. The yokes are still there. You can speak in tongues. The yokes are still there. Because first of all, you don't have the knowledge of the truth. Do you understand? Yeah, you need to go for truth. More truth. You will discover that there are higher dimensions. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. You see, it's another dimension. He went about. He started moving. Progress. Progress. Because of the anointing. When the anointing came on Jesus, Jesus started going about. Jesus started moving. I see the anointing coming on your life. eh? And then as the anointing is coming on your life, you will see that you were stuck. Curses make you to be stuck. You can't move. You can't make progress. You can't advance. You cannot see results. You cannot see a change. You see, that person I was talking about, same reality. You come back to the same conclusion until you get anointed. Once you get anointed, I'm telling you, the anointing breaks the yokes. It goes for those yokes. Start searching them. Start breaking them. And the moment the yokes on your feet are broken, guess what? Start moving. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. And he went. Motion. Motion. Are you stuck? No results? No souls, no change in your nature. Been coming to church for years and you are still carrying the same weaknesses. You need anointing. You need anointing on your life. You don't just need speaking in tongues. You now need to say, Lord, anoint me the same way you anointed Jesus of Nazareth. You need anointing, sir. Isaiah 45, verse 1 to 3. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. Whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him. To lose the armor of kings. To open before him the double doors. So that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you. I will make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of browns and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches in secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, call you by name. All these things, why is God doing them? They are anointed. Thus says the Lord to his anointed. The anointing. Look at all the things that are breaking. All the impossibilities are removed. Oh, the day you understand the anointing, eh, you will start chasing the anointing with everything within you. I'm telling you, you, you will stop. You are too relaxed. That's why things are not moving. You should be chasing the oil with everything within you. Your ministry will stay at the same spot for a thousand years. Don't think time will change it. Time has never changed things. It's power that changes things. So if you don't have power, the thing will remain the way it is. Satan enjoys captivity. He wants to keep you right where you are. If you lack, stay there. If you lack, sleep. If you lack, say, I'm tired. He will completely destroy. I'm sure you have seen many destinies like that. We have buried so many people, they never achieve nothing. We had to lie at the funeral. They never achieve anything. Because to achieve one thing on earth, a cursed ground, oh, you must be helped. You must be helped seriously. Can I tell you something? These people you see living together without getting married, it's not that they don't love each other. They themselves cannot explain to you why they are not married legally. Because all those are doors that are closed. Doors that are closed. You need the anointing. Thus says the Lord to his anointed. And I want you to put your name there too. Pascal, ah, whose right hand I'm holding, I will crush the gates of browns. I will open the double gates. I will give him treasures in secret places. May God do that for you. May God do that for you. And the key is the anointing, the Holy Ghost. 
the Holy Spirit. A higher dimension of the Holy Spirit. Because some of you, when I say the anointing, the Holy Spirit, you are thinking of speaking in tongues. You've read your Bible. Have you ever heard that Jesus spoke in tongues? In your Bible? It is Paul who told us, I speak in tongues more than you. Jesus was anointed with that measure. Have you ever heard before that he was speaking in tongues? But the guy will be walking on water. He be, you, know, you understand? There are nothing more than that. Speaking in tongues is initiation. That's your introduction level. That's how you start. But you don't stay there. You gravitate to higher dimensions. And it's when you start gravitating to other, that is when you start going for things like fasting. Oh yeah. Because fasting itself is a way to anoint you. It's like it takes you to a place where God can anoint you. All the mighty men of God you've heard of, ask them, they'll tell you themselves. I went for a three-day retreat. I went for a seven-day retreat. I was there locked up in a room. When I came out, pam. As long as you are taking care of the stomach, you can never take care of people's destinies. As long as you are feeding your stomach, that family will stay bound. I must tell you the truth. Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Ghost after 40 days of prayer and fasting. He did not have the power. He had the Holy Spirit. He got the Holy Spirit on the day John the Baptist baptized him. But then the Holy Ghost took him in the wilderness for 14 days and 14 days. He returned in the power of the Holy Ghost. So fasting brings that power. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. That's where that power comes. It comes on you. It comes on you. You spend time crying in your room, Lord, change my level. Lord, anoint me. Lord, anoint me. Lord, empower me to crush the forces that are working in this family. Lord, anoint me to crush the forces that are fighting the progress of my ministry. Anoint me afresh. If you like, stay there. If you like, keep eating. We are fasting for 21 days. You spend the whole day cheating the fast. Pam, pam, pam. You will never see power. Power doesn't come cheap. Power is highly expensive. Let me tell you the truth. 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. As soon as he came back, the fame of him spread all over. No fame until he returned with power. And I'm telling you, nobody will respect you in that family until you bring power. Demons will not respect you until you bring power. They don't, they don't follow your title. Your title is nothing. They follow power. They respect power. Whatever you are is your, your own problem. You understand? Listen to how they spoke to the, to the seven sons of Sceva. Paul, I'm not even apostle. You understand? Not, not like a reverend bishop apostle. No. Paul, I know. Jesus. Not the Lord Jesus. Jesus. Because in the realm of the spirit, it is who you are. Not your title. You. You. If you haven't built any capacity, you cannot take the goods. I see them saying, sister, so I know. Bro, hey, you, there I cannot play. I cannot play there. I cannot play there. I include you in that list of Paul and Jesus. We shall join that. How many of you want to join that list? The list of those that are known. Yeah. Don't just be known by your girlfriend. Don't just be known by your, your uncle. Are you known by demons? Are you known by the forces of darkness? But people come, I'm, I'm casting you out. Oh, no, no, look, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? Who are you? Hallelujah. 
May God, you see, that's why you need to use these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Oh, use it to go deeper. Use it to go deeper. Use it to see God deeper. Use it to get into higher dimensions. Don't waste the fasting. You are trying to fast and all you are thinking is food. You don't understand power. This is an opportunity for power. An opportunity to torture your flesh, to raise your spirit to higher dimensions. Or you will never regret the investment. It will bring great benefits. You reach a stage. You just say one word, it happens. <laughs> ah, you just touch something, it starts shaking. You start commanding. You become a commander. I see you becoming a commander in the name of Jesus Christ. Say with me, I am a commander. Oh, yes. I am a commander in the name of Jesus. Quickly, the last salt, the salt of prayer. The salt of prayer. And not just any prayer, prayer for blessings. It's a different prayer. A prayer not many Christians pray. Prayer for blessings. Prayer for blessings. First Chronicles chapter 4 verse 9 to 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez saying, Because I gave birth to him in pain. This, this son of mine, he brought me too much pain. Imagine your name is Matata. Everywhere you go, oh, Matata, come, Matata, go, Matata, this. Pain. And that name kept reminding the whole family the pain the mother went through when she gave birth to Jesus. So it was a curse pronounced on him from his name. How did Jabez neutralize this curse? Jabez neutralized this curse with a prayer for blessings. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you will bless me indeed. He didn't say, Oh, I break the curse of pain. I smash the curse of limitation. I uproot the demon of oppression. Not necessary. Bless me. Indeed. Why? Because there's a curse working against me. Curse responds to blessings. Bless me. Indeed. And enlarge my territory. That your hand will be with me. And that you will keep me from evil. Because the blessing with evil will turn again into an evil itself. Keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. This is what I like. So God granted him what he requested. Every time you pray for blessings, God will grant you what you are requesting. Do you know why? Because God is totally determined to bless you. Genesis 1 verse 26 to 27 and God blessed them. The moment Noah came out of the ark, God blessed him. Genesis 12, when God comes to Abraham, God bless him. When God goes to Isaac, God bless him. When God goes to Jacob, God bless him. God is always into blessing. So when you pray the blessing, you are praying the right prayer. He even taught Aaron, when you want to pray for these people, say, the Lord bless you. This is a key prayer that believers don't pray. That's why curses are unleashed forever in their lives. Lord bless me. Can you say that with me? Oh God, bless me indeed. You'll be surprised if you are praying this prayer often. Oh Lord, bless me. 
Bless me indeed. You will be able to induce powerful blessings in your life. And those blessings will fight the curses that are multiplying. Lord, bless my ministry. Lord, bless my wife. Lord, bless my children. Lord, bless my business. Lord, bless my ideas. Oh, those are prayers. Powerful prayers. Powerful prayers. Ezekiel 34, 25 to 26. I will make a covenant of peace with my people and drive away the dangerous animals from the land. And they will be able to camp safely in the wildest places and sleep in the woods without fear. You, you, you hear what God is saying? God says, I will drive away the dangerous animals from the land. Why? Dangerous animals break fruitfulness. They keep stealing. You have three sheep, they come and take one. You have four sheep, they come and take two. Dangerous animals. You cannot produce. And he says, you will be able to camp safely in wildest places. My God. Now, it's not like the place is nice, but you are there safely. Another power is working. Some of you, your place of work is wild. It's, it's a wild place. It's a wild place. But God says you will be able to stay there safely. Safely. You must claim this promise. God says I will be able to stay here safely in the wildest place. And you will sleep in the woods without fear. I will bless my people. And their homes around my holy hill. He said he's going to bless the people and the homes. And in the proper season, I will send the showers they need. There will be showers of blessing. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He says there will be showers. That gives you the idea of how much God wants to bless you. He's sending showers. Sending. So you must say, Lord, send the showers. Send the showers of blessing. Oh, over my life. Over my ministry. Over my family. Over my finances. Father, send the showers of blessing. Stand up on your feet and begin to pray for showers right now. Oh, Father, send the showers. Come by every dry land that has been dried because of curses. Living safely in wildest places. Living safely in wildest places. Showers! Showers! Showers of blessing! Oh! Lord, send the waters! Release the showers! Kontabaya! Kontabaya! Lift your hands and pray for showers. Showers, showers of blessing. He's doing it now. He's doing it now. At the proper season, I will send showers. I will send showers of blessing. Showers of blessing. Lord, we are praying for showers. Over ABC, every chapel, every branch, every home, every family, every shepherd, every leader, showers, showers, showers of blessing, of blessing, of blessing to destroy every curse, every curse and bind it, and bind it. Today, the showers are against every desert. Show us. Entebra lezele bagora bala debele baraba. Entebra zebre legara bado bala garaba. 
Entebra zebra legarabaraba. My level is changing. My level is changing. My level is changing. By the encounter of the blessing. The encounter of the blessing. I am able to survive in wildest places. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I decree showers over your people this morning. Everyone under the sound of my voice, receive fresh showers now. Receive fresh showers now. Father, anything that is fighting us, known or unknown, every curse that has been activated because of us or because of our parents or our grandparents, Father, I pray for mercy. I pray for mercy this morning that you will have mercy on us, Lord. Let the curse be neutralized. Let the curse be neutralized. Let the curse be neutralized. Let there be fruitfulness. Let there be progress. In the name of Jesus. May you enter through that door. May you enter that realm you want to enter. May the hand of God take you from where you are. And lift you up. And place you where you're supposed to be. I pray against every case of demotion. That is working against God's people. To keep them at the lower ranks. To keep them at the bottom zero. To keep them at ground zero. I speak against the curse of Cain. And the curse of Ham. That is at work in the life of God's people. I decree and declare. Let that curse be broken now. Thank you Jesus. There will be governors in our midst. There will be mighty men and mighty women in our midst. I release a grace for greatness. I release a grace for greatness. In this ministry, there will be great men. There will be great women. There will be mighty men. There will be mighty women. Receive the grace now. My Bible says we shall be the head and all the tail. It's enough. It's enough. You are receiving help now. Help is coming your way. Oh yes. You will not walk alone anymore. Help is coming your way. Angels are being dispatched in your direction to help you lift, to help you rise, and to help you shine. You will shine in that place of work. You will shine in that school. You will shine in that family. You will shine brighter and brighter. The path of a justice like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter to the full of the day. That shall be your story in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I gave you praise. Just give him a wave offering wherever you are. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's the curse breaker. He's the life giver. No curse is stronger than the power of God. Please, don't allow the devil to lie to you. Whatever case is at work is being brought under judgment. As you subject yourself to this service, don't be afraid. The power of God is going to visit you. I feel it. I feel it. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Quickly this morning, you are watching, you are listening, you are not born again. Can I tell you something? Jesus is the curse breaker. His cross is the curse breaker symbol. If Jesus is not in your heart this morning, I want to help you invite him into your heart. I was telling earlier that the salt of salvation is where everything begins. Is Jesus your savior? Is Jesus your Lord? Quickly this morning, 
you are saying, Pastor, I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want Jesus to change my life. I want to pray for you. All I want you to do is to raise your right hand at the count of three. If you are saying, Pastor, help me. I need Jesus in my life. One. Two. Three. Raise your right hand. I need Jesus. God bless you. I need Jesus. God bless you. You can take your hands down. Now, you are already born again. But this morning you feel, look, this thing pastor is talking about. When he was describing the curse, I just saw myself. I've been in the church but I think this thing is working against me. Well, I want to help you connect to the anointing. Connect to power. Connect to grace. There's grace here. There's grace here. Connect to it. There's grace here to break yokes. There's grace here to destroy poverty. There's grace here to get you in your right direction. At the count of three, you are saying, Pastor, I want to tap into the grace that is at work at ABC. I want to pray with you. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. I need the grace that is here. I need the grace that is working in this ministry. I need the grace I see in Pastor Pascal's life. I want something like that in my life. Paul says, you are, you are all partakers of my grace. Whatever I have, if you are really my son or my daughter, you should have it. It should be working on you. So this morning, I want to release a grace. Right now, at the count of three, you raise your hand. One, two, three, raise it up. I need that grace. I need that grace. Oh, yes. You can take your hands down. Let us pray together from the bottom of your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again that I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Please drop us a comment in the comment section to tell us how this message has helped you. Remember also to subscribe to receive notifications on our latest sermons. You can also watch Pastor Pascal live every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. on our church Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or you can worship with us live in one of our branches in Sun City, Macharora, Padima, Mohwase, Lidach, Rustenburg, and beyond. Have a blessed day. And remember, we are alive to give life.